Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in today with me. If you're interested in contacting me, either with questions or comments, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today, ladies, we are looking at chapters 8 through 10 of Leviticus, which takes a look at the ordination of Aaron and his sons as priests, their first sacrifices, and the sin of two of Aaron's sons, which led to their deaths. Chapter 8 starts with the familiar phrase found in Leviticus, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and the bullock for the sin offering, and the two rams, and a basket of unleavened bread, and gather all the congregation together to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Have you noticed that it is almost always mentioned as the tabernacle of the congregation and not just the tabernacle and not just the tabernacle of the priest but the tabernacle of the congregation and to me that shows where God's heart is focused verse 4 says and Moses did as the Lord commanded him and this is a big deal in today's lesson obedience Moses told the people that this is what the Lord commanded to be done. So Moses brought Aaron and his sons and he washed them and he put on his coat and they girded him with the girdle and clothed him with robe and put the ephod on him, which is like the apron and girded him with the girdle of the ephod and bound it unto him and put the breastplate on him and put in the breastplate, the Urim and the Thummim. These were only mentioned seven times in the Old Testament. We're not fully sure what the ermine and the thermin were. They could have been dice if they rolled it, one yes, one no, to see what the Lord's will was, but we're not really sure what they were. And then the 11th thing that Moses was told to do, he put the turban on Aaron's head and also on the front, the gold plate, which was also known as the Holy Crown. Verse 10 states that Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and sanctified it, which means to set it apart, and all that was in the courtyard. And then he poured the anointing oil upon Aaron's head and anointed him to sanctify him. And all of this was done before the people so that they could see. Aaron, as the high priest alone, wore the ephod, which was that apron type thing, and the breastplate and the robe of crown. If you remember, the ephod had the two stones that had the 12 tribes of Israel. The breastplate had 12 different stones with the 12 tribes of Israel on that. And then the robe and the crown. And the crown was that gold strip that said, holy to the Lord. That is the high priest alone and only the high priest was allowed to enter the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was and only one time a year. His sons were not the high priest. They were just the priests. So then Moses brought forth Aaron's son and placed upon them their holy garments. And then Aaron and his sons placed their hands upon the head of the bull for the sin offering. 
Moses killed the animal and took its blood and purified the altar with it and sanctified it, which means set it apart, to make reconciliation upon it. That word reconciliation is the same word as to cover, the same word for atonement. And then Moses continued to follow God's instructions and he took the first ram of the burnt offering. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands on its head and Moses followed the instructions and it was burnt on the altar. And this was a sweet savor made by fire unto the Lord. And again, Moses followed the Lord's instructions. They took the other ram, which was the ram of consecration. Again, Aaron and his sons placed their hands upon the head. Moses slew it. And this time Moses took the blood and put some on Aaron's right ear, his right thumb, and his right big toe. In other words, from head to toe, Aaron and his sons were set apart for the Lord. Moses then took the unleavened bread, the unleavened cake, the cake of oiled bread, the one wafer, put it on the fat of the right shoulder of the ram, and placed all of this upon Aaron's hands and his son's hands. Then it was placed upon the altar as a burnt offering for a sweet savor made by fire unto the Lord. He then followed with the wave offering, which the Lord commanded Moses. And he took the anointing oil and the blood upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his son and upon his son's garments and sanctified Aaron and his garments and his son and their garments. Then they boiled the flesh at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and then ate with the bread that's in the basket of consecration as God commanded. This consecration lasted for seven days and seven nights, and they were not to leave the tabernacle or the court of the tabernacle. All of this was done to make atonement for the people. Atonement, again, means a covering. Verse 34, it says that, and then they were to keep this charge of the Lord so that they would not die, for God had commanded it. So Aaron and his sons did all things that the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. And then chapter 9 starts, it came to pass on the eighth day, so like one full week has gone by, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel And Aaron and his sons were now charged with bringing the offering sacrifices for the people. Because, it says, today the Lord will appear to you and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. Verse 8 shows that Aaron slew the calf first for himself. And we've talked before, the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus, as our high priest, did not have to slay a calf for his own sins because he was pure and he became the sacrifice for all of us. And then verse 22 says, And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them. Then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord. Now this was not out from heaven. This was out from the tabernacle 
And this fire came out from before the Lord, and it consumed the burnt offering and the fat, which was on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Then we have chapter 10, and it starts with a conjunction. And, or then, Nadab and Abihu, two sons of Aaron, took possession of them, their censer, and put fire therein, and put incense on it, and they offered strange, another word could be profane, fire before the Lord, which God did not command. And fire, this time, came out from the Lord, and it devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Dr. Westerholm has said, the punishment of God always reflects the crime. Unholy fire they gave, and they died from holy fire. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what God meant when he said, I will be sanctified in them that come before me. In other words, the people that come before me to serve me must be holy. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. He said nothing. And Moses called relatives, uncles to come and carry the two sons away while they were still in their tunics. And they took them from the sanctuary out of the camp. And Moses told Aaron and his two other sons, Do not mourn or you will die. But let the people mourn the burning which the Lord has kindled. Again, God must be first in our lives even over our children. And they were not to leave the tabernacle of the congregation lest they die because there was anointing oil on them and on their clothes and they obeyed. We then see in verse 8 the first time that the Lord spoke unto Aaron directly and he gave him directions for the priest and said, Don't be drunk with wine or strong drink so that you can tell the difference between holy and unholy, between unclean and clean. And this is going to be a big deal here in the next few chapters that we read this week. That they, again, the priests are not to be drunk. They're to be of sound mind that they may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to the people by the hand of Moses. Now, this incident of two of Aaron's sons dying happened in the process of them giving offerings. And so they were to finish with the meal at the end. But Moses realized that the other two sons that were still living, Eleazar and Ithamar, had burnt the whole goat of the sin offering. And Moses was angry because it was most holy. And it was to bear the iniquity of the congregation in order to make atonement for them before the Lord. Then Aaron said to Moses, with the things that went on today, would us eating the meal have been acceptable in the sight of the Lord? And when Moses heard that, he was content. So, ladies, what can we take away from these three chapters of Leviticus? First, Aaron and his sons were anointed as priests. This is one reason that I believe that the main pastor of a church should be a man. 
Dr. Betts, my Old Testament professor, believed that when the priest did not have the duty of tending at the tabernacle of the congregation, then they served as the pastor to the people where they lived. Part of that belief comes from chapter 10, verse 11, that they were to teach the people the ways of the Lord. In the New Testament, for me, when I realized that Jesus did not pick a woman to be one of the 12 disciples, which he could have, that helped me to also confirm that I believe that the Bible is saying a woman should not be the main pastor of a church. It does not seem to be because they're not capable, but I see it as a picture of Christ being our high priest and the authority of God over humanity. And just as marriage is a picture of Christ in the church, so is the high priest a picture of Jesus as our mediator between God and man. I will say that women accompanied Moses, women have accompanied Jesus, Uh, We know in the New Testament that there were some women in the temple. And so women have ministry as well. There's also women prophetesses in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the role of prophet is different than the role of priest. So God does call women to serve him. Number two, God made Aaron and his sons set apart for ministry and he equipped them And he gave Moses an example to show them what to do. So if God is calling you to do something, he will equip you for your calling. Number three, there is a fire from the Lord that will either purify us and show forth his glory. And there is a fire from the Lord that will devour us, but it will still show forth his glory. As the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 12, verses 28 and 29, we, meaning those who believe in Jesus, are receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved or shaken. Let us have grace that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Number four, do we have godly fear? As the Christian song says, what do I know of holy? Ladies, what do you know of holy? One of the problems in the world today is that there is little distinction of what it means to be Christian and what it means to be not Christian. I will never forget seeing on the news a picture of a prominent Christian leader with his pants unzipped and an arm around a woman that was not his wife. What has happened to the church in America? Ladies, if you claim to be a Christian, there should be a difference in our lives. And I'm not talking about the difference being that we judge the world. I'm talking about holiness. In the New Testament, 1 Peter 1 verses 15 and 16 says, But as he who called you is holy, so you are to be holy in all manner of conversation, which also means and behavior, Because it is written, be holy, because I am holy. Be holy, because our God is holy. So how? Maybe we need to change what we watch on TV. Maybe it's time to spend less time on the internet. 
Maybe we just need to pray and ask God to help change our mouths or just set aside a specific time to start praying faithfully to the Lord. Maybe fast from something like chocolate or coffee. Remember, we will slip and fall. But the question is, am I more like Christ today than I was yesterday? And if that's too soon to tell, ask yourself this question. Am I more like Christ today than I was last year? We're ending up the end of January. Where are you with your walk with the Lord? You know, committing to reading the Bible every day will greatly change our thought process. And as that happens, it makes its way through our bodies and we begin to also change our behavior. All right, ladies, today, if you hear his voice, let's obey. Let's be women who are heading more toward holiness and becoming more like Christ. Until next time, and thanks for listening.